Welcome to the Pretty Picklers Podcast, where we empower women to feel more confident on and off the pickleball court. Get ready for tips and tricks from our favorite certified coaches, convos with the pros, game-changing fashion trends, and the latest on America's fastest-growing sport. Here's your host, Carrie Shannon. Now let's play, team. Okay, I'd love to welcome my dear friend, Joni Rich, to the Pretty Pickler podcast. So happy that you're a part of our team. I love the story of how we met, so we'll definitely talk about that and some other things about how Joni is such a great inspiration for working out, eating healthy, and just motivator of women. I really appreciate that about her. And she's so humble and so kind, and it, it really is noteworthy. So I wanted to welcome you to the podcast today, Joni. Well, thank you for having me. I, you, you built me up quite quite a bit. I hope I can live up to your expectations. Definitely. And then some. Well, meeting you was definitely pretty funny and oddly coincidental. The story is that we were at a tournament in East Brunswick, New Jersey, which coincidentally is right next to the town that I grew up in, North Brunswick which I probably haven't been back to in 30 years. So I go back to East Brunswick for this tournament with my partner and we're warming up on the court across from each other. And you were next to me warming up with your partner. I think it was your partner. I really don't even remember. And you looked at me and you said to me, you look so familiar. And I'm thinking, well, she must be, maybe I went to high school with her, you know, I'm in East Brunswick. So we went, I went through everything with you. You know, where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to college? Where do you spend your summers? Where'd you go to sleepaway camp? I mean, everything I tried and not, I, you did, we just didn't know each other. And finally, I said to you, one last shot. Do you go to Florida in the wintertime? Either I asked you or you asked me. I don't remember which. And I think you said, I go to Cay Largo. And I looked at you and I said, bingo, that's it. Because I've spent my winters down here for a while. And you have too. And I don't know that we actually ever saw each other down here. But last year, I won the club push-up contest. And my picture was in the paper. Actually, I think it was in twice. I'm not sure why. I think I think it was in twice. And I think that's why you recognize me. Because I don't think our paths really ever crossed. No, I definitely saw you either at the push-up competition. or They say the hair is unforgettable. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> and I feel like our paths have crossed a million times since then. So I, we must have. You know, in, and you know. in multiple ways. Because we seem to know a lot of the same people. Or even when we were here in Florida together, we didn't pass each other once in the morning and on the pickleball courts. All day long. I was at the gym. You were at the gym. I took a walk. You took a walk. You were at the courts. I was at the courts. I mean, it was funny how we had never really I was met each other that before. I was at the beach and all of a sudden here comes Joni <laughs> on a paddleboard and I'm like, oh, there's my friend out in the ocean, out in the Atlantic. <laughs> that, yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah. That is true. That's oh, my right. That. That's another one of my passions, which I have too many of at this moment. You really do. I mean, that's one of the things I love about you is that you're so enthusiastic about so many healthy things. You know, you say you're either in the gym, paddle boarding on the pickle or tennis courts, all those things. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I, I guess I'd say one of the greatest things about me and one of the worst things about me is that I'm passionate. I'm passionate about everything I do. So I just don't go in and sort of half do it. I totally dive in. And so it's a great thing because I don't leave anything on the table, but being passionate about everything is very consuming, but I just don't know how to do anything halfway. But you do make it sound like all I ever do is live in the gym and work out all day long. I do have a family whom I love and take care of, and they are my first priority. So once I know they're set, then it's easier to go off and do all these fun things. You're a wonderful wife and mother, and that is something I really admire about you. And I actually wrote down to ask, 
how you do find balance because as passionate as you are about those things, what I admire is that you do seem to have balance in your life. Well, you and I have something in common that probably a lot of people don't know about you. Well, maybe I know it only because it happens to be at the same time as me. We are very early risers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We're very early risers. And so a benefit to being an early riser and getting up before everybody else is it's your time. So it's your time to get everything set up for the day. You're not chasing your tail all day. I get up before everybody else. Everything's clean. Everything's ready to go. I can go do a little workout. I come home. Everybody's just rolling out of bed. No one's missed me and I haven't missed a beat. So it turns out that you also are a very early riser because we spend a lot of time texting times also before <laughs> six in the morning, which is probably most people think is a sick thing to do. But you and I think it's totally well, normal. <laughs> there are a few people, believe it or not, in that club. So I'm really grateful because I have the time to text back and forth. And now I think more and more people are going to start texting me. <laughs> so, but you know, you think about it is, and, and there's been studies about this, is that people that wake up early are much more efficient in everything that they do. Now, I don't wake up to be more efficient. That's just, it's natural for me to wake up and pop out of bed like that. I don't set my alarm for five. I just sort of wake up and look around and I'm thinking I'm done sleeping. So let's just get the day going, which I think you probably do the same thing. So I do I think sure do. there's a lot to be said for taking advantage of that early time before things really, your day gets going and you get lost and you don't have time to do all that stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's a great message. I think I like coffee a little bit more than you do though, right? No, I like my coffee. Well, I, just, like the coffee? I drink one big one. I only let myself okay. one cup. So it's a really giant one. <laughs> okay, probably bigger than you are. <laughs> I should probably do the same thing with tequila, but that I that I like have a few of. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, speaking of coffee, can you tell me a little bit about your healthy eating kind of personal program? Because I mean, a lot of people don't realize this; they haven't met you from the team, but you are in really good shape. I mean, everyone that meets you says she is. It, the most in shape woman you've ever seen in your life. That's very sweet. And it makes me, I sort of feel uncomfortable taking that compliment, but thank you. That's, it's, it's still hard for me to hear. I think when it comes to healthy eating, there's been many iterations of healthy eating throughout my life and probably everybody else's as we've learned more about healthy eating. And I think that the one thing that I would say, well, I'd say a number of things. One is I don't count calories. But I think that for anybody, it takes a lot of time to figure out what works for your body. So for me, you know, I've played around a lot with food, what I eat, how do I feel afterwards? How do I perform after I've eaten it? And it's a lot of it's trial and error. You know, um, I'm not a nutritionist by any means. I know about nutrition. I am a certified personal trainer, but I would never start counseling people in that. For me personally, I love protein. We eat super, super clean in this house. So we eat lots of vegetables, lots of salads, lots of uh, lean protein. I personally don't eat red meat. I, my family does. I cook it for them. I just don't eat it. On nights like that, I can eat everything else at the table. So it's not like I'm missing out or, you know, I don't starve myself or anything like that. Um, I also live in a house where 50% of us are type one diabetics, my husband and my older son. So trying to make their life easier and cooking with less complex carbohydrates gives them an opportunity to not have to take a shot after every meal. So by, you know, it sort of happened, a lot of it happened coincidentally when I started cooking more for them, I noticed that I felt better eating less carbohydrates. That's not to say I don't eat any carbs. I certainly do. I eat them. I'd rather have them. I'd rather have a carbohydrate in the form of fruit than in the form of, let's say, bread. Uh, that's what works for me better. But I definitely perform better eating high protein, um, especially in my endurance events, that's what I found. And it's funny, I, some of my endurance events I've spoken at, and one of the things I always tell people is, 
So at these events that we do, they have these incredible support tents with every kind of protein bar and shake and all these things that you've never seen. And you want to try all of them because they look really great. And there's all these companies putting their stuff out. And I say to people, I said, listen, as great as it looks, now is not the time to start experimenting. <laughs> in the middle, right? So, you know, I know it looks great and it looks tempting, but do it some other time. If you're in the middle of an event and you know what works for you, just stick with it. Grab the stuff, try it later, but stick with what you know, you know, you digest well, that, that doesn't aggravate you, that sort of gives you energy, whatever it may be. Now is not the time to start experimenting and trying new things. Do that in your off season. That's really good advice. Well, as we go to more and more pickleball tournaments and events, you do see a lot of those, you know, supplements or hydration formulas. And I've always enjoyed maybe taking a sample, but I also agree that's probably not the best time to try it. So, and, and, you know, another thing sort of touching on that topic is talking about how you prepare before you play a match, because a lot of times, and, you know, my kids were big tennis players and we traveled around, you know, tennis tournaments, their entire high school career and, and middle school career. And I would always say, you know, you need to eat before you play, you need to eat before you play. And they were too nervous to eat before they played. And then in the middle of a match, when they were playing their heart out, you could see their energy would just go tank because they didn't fuel properly. So there's a lot to be said about fueling properly before a match, even in pickleball. I, I, I get that this is not running a marathon and it's not climbing a mountain, but don't tell me you're not going to use up a lot of energy. I mean, you and I have clearly sweat our brains out this winter down here playing and expended a ton of energy. And so, you know, how do you fuel for that before? What do you have for during? What do you have to keep, you know, to sustain you? You know, look, some people like caffeine, I, whatever it takes, it's whatever works for you. But, you know, you should have a plan and always, I mean, you've seen, I've seen your bag and you've seen mine. I mean, I look like a snack mom. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have to be prepared because if you're not, you're going to wind up using something that, you, you know, you're starving, you need something, you grab something someone offers you, it's not what you usually use and you're going to tank. That's not what's for you. So, right. you know, I always say like, have what you like with you all the time. I keep stuff in my car. I keep stuff in my gym bag. I keep stuff in every bag just in case I can't eat a meal that I've got something to hold me over to keep me fueled. Yeah. That's great advice too. I'm just curious. Do you take protein supplements as far as like collagen or protein powder you use or? Well, you're probably not going to love my answer. Uh, so yeah, I do. I do eat protein bars and I keep them around all the time just because I need the calories and I don't necessarily feel like eating something, but I know I need the calories. Some people would argue that they're not the best form of calories. They're probably right, but they're very easy and they last forever. That I do. I mean, protein shakes here and there. I prefer to eat my food rather than drink it, quite honestly. Sometimes if I'm having a big day like yesterday, and you would be familiar with going to Matt's class for our workout, followed by spin and strength, that was going to be two hours. So, you know, I did use pre-workout, which I don't, I, you know, I'll use that occasionally because it does give you a burst of energy, especially for if anyone's ever worked out with our friend Matt, you need a lot of energy. Yes. That's sort of what I do. I prefer to eat solid food, but if you can't do it, that's always for me, it's a good backup when you've got nothing else. At least I know exactly what it is. I know how I tolerate it. I know that it gives me fuel. So I always say think of food as fuel. And that's really what you need to do when you're sort of getting ready for this stuff. I know you mentioned that you do some endurance events. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about the endurance events you have coming up for 2021? So I have entered into a different kind of endurance event than most people do, which are Ironman and swimming and those kinds of things. I do endurance hiking where the challenge is to climb the vertical equivalent of Mount Everest. So Mount Everest is 29,029 29 vertical feet. 
So um, there are three events over the course of the next six months. I'll be doing all three of them on three different mountains where you have to climb that mountain as many times as you need to, to gain the vertical equivalent of 29,000, 29 vertical feet. So the first one will be in Sun Valley, Idaho in June, where I believe I have to climb the same mountain 15 times and we have a 36 hour time cap. So you climb the mountain up, take the gondola down, climb up, take the gondola down. Same thing in Snow Basin, Utah, although I think that one is, each hike is further, so I think it's 13 times. And then I'll finish up in Stratton, Vermont in October, where we climb Stratton Mountain 17 times to get to that. It's not its not a race, it's to finish. They're small, intimate events. They have about 250 people. All of them have waiting lists. It's a really popular event and hard to get into. It's actually called, I believe, 29029 Everesting, if you were to Google it. And the goal is to finish. And some people go there and you know, there's 250 people there. And I will tell you, they come from all walks of life and all over the country. Some of these people are crazy athletes. Some of them are weekend warriors. Some people that just wanted to hit, it's a bucket list thing for them. It's something they've never done. And the way they first marketed this event which was actually put on by a guy I went to college with, was he said, did you ever want to climb Everest, but you didn't have the time to get there or do it? How about if we brought Everest to you? And I thought, that sounds so cool. I'd love to climb Everest, but I would never like leave my family and risk my life to go do it. But this seems so safe and so cool. And a vertical is such a cool challenge and it didn't require running. It requires just hiking. And so I did the first one, actually, I guess it was four years ago. I've done Vermont three times. And in a weak COVID moment, I thought it would be really cool if I entered all the events this year. Um, so I have, now I think it's a dumb, dumb, dumb idea, but at the time I thought it was super, super cool. And so I am the only woman signed up to do all three this year. So if I am to complete it, I will be the first woman to have completed all three. There's two guys signed up this year too, but I'm definitely the only woman. So um, it'll be challenging and you know it's as physical as it and hard as it is and don't get me wrong it's super physical it's super hard the mental part of it is hard too especially like and i've done vermont so this is a good example you know i've climbed the mountain let's say 11 times well you're not even close to 17 you know and so mentally how do you stay in the game how do you stay on your feet why don't you go inside the lodge and take a rest there's people in there getting massages and getting stretched and there's beautiful organic food in there and, and there's all these pulls to pull you off the mountain but every pull off the mountain is time off the mountain not climbing so how do you mentally keep yourself out there and it's not glamorous i mean i'm hiking in the middle of the night with a headlamp on and it's muddy and maybe it's snowing or raining i mean it's not it's not a pretty sight let me tell you <laughs> but if you've never felt a cool adrenaline rush, you need to do this because that's how adrenaline junkies get hooked. Do you look for a buddy and kind of talk to someone as you walk up and then pass them and they pass through? I have a theory. <laughs> I have a bunch of theories, but one of them is that hiking alone is hard enough. And you know, people come up next to you and they chat with you. And so my theory is I just ask them lots of questions. So I don't have to do a lot of talking. <laughs> like what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, I, you know, I, I will ask that. I will ask how their nutrition's going. <laughs> I ask them what they do for a living. I ask them about their family. You know, people love to talk. So this is not a hard stretch. And, and I know what you, I know where you're going with this. You're my, you're my what's for breakfast question. <laughs> what'd you eat for breakfast? You know, I, I do that when, you know, listen, we learn by us. We were on a pickleball court one day with a, with a pro 
and you know, it was sort of, you know, we were just hitting and conversation was sort of dull. So I asked the pro what he ate for dinner the night before. And Kerry looked at me like I was out of my mind. But what we learned about him was that he eats plant-based. And we had a long conversation about it. It was pretty interesting. As you were rolling your eyes at me and wondering why I was doing it. It was great. Listen, you learn. And then we actually really got off topic about that movie Game Changers, if you recall. But um, <laughs> let's not go there. But, you know, you do learn things about people just by asking oh. simple questions because they love to talk. That's true. Well, I hope that makes your trips up the mountain more fun. And I'm sure you're thinking about a lot of different things there, but I hope you know that we'll all be cheering for you. And I hope we can kind of follow you in your journey. Well, normally what I do do is I do Instagram stories all weekend telling like what lap I'm on, you know, pictures, because the weather is in all these places, the weather will like, you see what I pack. I mean, in Vermont, we had four seasons in 36 hours. We had snow, we had rain, we had a bluebird day with tank tops on. We had we had every season, so it's pretty fun to watch. We you know so some years we finish in snow, some years we start in snow, and then it's sunny out. It's you just never know. So that's part of the challenge. And you know, I I think people ask me a lot. You know, what's my motivation to stay in shape? That is my answer. And it's been this for years, no matter what I was doing was I always have something on the calendar I'm working towards. So whether it's a tournament, a pickleball tournament, a tennis tournament, I used to do a lot of CrossFit events. Now it's, you know, climbing, I always have something that I'm working for. And I think that that's a really good motivator for anybody, you know, even if it's a 5k or whatever it may be, it's, you're going out skiing and you want to get ready for it. I always have something that I'm looking ahead towards. It makes you accountable. You know, it makes you accountable to get out and do something every day. And you know, the other thing I would tell people is when you go to bed at night, don't wake up in the morning and figure out when you're gonna work out. When you go to bed at night, figure out when your workout's gonna be. When are you gonna get that in for yourself? Because if you just hope it happens, it probably won't. I We all live very bizarre, hectic, crazy, odd lives. I mean, mine's probably one of the oddest. And if I didn't have that plan every night when I went to bed with my workout clothes laid out, it probably wouldn't happen. So, you know, those are some of the things that I do to stay motivated. And I have a funny feeling there's some of the things that you do to stay motivated also. Speaking of workout, I think that maybe our workout clothes differ in that I will wear pink and you refuse to wear pink, but we could still be friends. Well, I would say that we're probably, uh, when it comes to fashion, we're probably polar opposites. I don't know. You're pretty, <laughs> we're both fashionable, but in our own way. <laughs> I, I would definitely agree with that. You are much more noticeable and bright and sparkly. Well, it was very funny. Joni and I agreed to be partners in a tournament. And I said, I love her so much. I will agree to wear black. So I wore black just for Joni. Good girl. You did a very good job. She asked me what colors I wore. And I said, anything but hot pink. <laughs> and light blue, I think, were my answers, right? Yes. Something like that. Um, Which is probably what your wardrobe is full of. Well, pink and blue. You can see what I have on yes, right now. There you go. Um, but I want to get back to what you just said as far as the endurance events. How I do see that you have, again, a very healthy and sort of holistic approach to pickleball. And most of our listeners are pickleball players. So how do you think what you do off the courts, for example, these endurance events kind of translate into your game because I do notice that you have, you know, a solid game and you're focused, but you also don't take it too seriously. What do I say to you all the time? Let's just have fun. Well, and after I say that, what do I tell you? It's, it's just, just a pickleball. Ball. <laughs> it's just pickleball. In the scheme of life, we've got a lot of really serious things going on and this is pickleball. So first and foremost, it's got to be fun. Because if you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it. It's a sport. It's a it's a recreational sport. 
So if it's not fun, you're in the wrong business. This is somewhere you shouldn't be. So I, I think that doing a lot of these events, and, and I tell everybody this, um, and you know, Carrie knows this especially, is that I'm funny, I'm awfully um, inappropriate at times, and I like to make people laugh. But when the clock says go, I am all business. And the minute the clock is off, I'm fun and games again. So, um, and you weren't at the tournament that I played before when I played with Sue over at the Racket Club. As far as I know, you won that one. Uh, I, I, we did win. I remember the picture holding up a huge silver we, we, we did win. And that was the, probably the most focused I had ever, ever, ever been. And a couple of things, I think that even when I'm doing the, the endurance stuff, and, and the same thing in pickleball and same thing in tennis, I'm faced with what's in front of me, the point at the moment. So if the point goes bad or I screwed up or my partner screws up, there's no use in, in belaboring that issue or thinking about what went wrong or questioning that call or questioning just it did it, it happened, it's over, you move on. I only look forward. I never look back. I can't waste energy on what I did wrong. I can't waste energy on being angry at a bad call. I can't waste energy on, on being upset that my partner missed something really easy. There's nothing I can do about that. That's wasted energy and it's wasted mental energy. So I'm always looking forward. I'm always thinking forward. I definitely have a lot of rituals. You probably noticed my rituals. One of them is that before I serve the ball, I tap the ball on the paddle. I also, when my partner's serving or when I'm receiving, I jump up and down, <laughs> which may look a little ridiculous, but it helps with my footwork. So, you know, by jumping up, by, by doing a couple hops before, it gets you moving so that you're not flat-footed. So those are just some rituals that I have that sort of keep me and, and if I do them every single point, I stay very, very focused. Hmm. I have noticed when I serve to you, you do a hop because I always kind mm -hmm. of aim for your feet. <laughs> Thanks. So, so, but the reason for doing that is to, is so that you're already you're already moving because a body movement stays in movement. So if you're sitting there flat footed and you're not going to do anything until the ball comes to you, you're sort of a second behind. So it helps me. Does it help everyone? Not really. That's just what I do. I also jump around all day long like a crazy person, but it does, it does just help me with my footwork and sort of staying on my feet and not sort of just getting flat. Oh, that's great advice. Thank you. I'm going to incorporate that as much as I can. Well, I think it's for anybody. Think about when you're receiving the ball, you know, standing still, and they would tell you the same thing in tennis. There's a split step. There's no difference. It's the same thing. You know, how, how you choose to do it, or there's a couple of different ways to do it. It's what you're most comfortable with. But those kind of rituals, if you do them every single point, help you to stay really focused. And the other thing that I'll do, especially in a tournament, is I really try not to rush because we're all we all rush, especially pickleball is a really fast sport. So it's like, go, 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 go. The points are really quick. So when I'm serving or receiving, I will slowly walk back to the line with my, you know, and not, not to be a jerk at all. It's just for myself to slow everything down. Think about the next point. Think about, you know, where do I think they're going to serve to? Where am I? Where's my partner? Is my partner in the right place? You know, and then I turn around when I'm ready. It's very helpful to slow the game down like that, especially if you're struggling. The worst thing you can do is just keep speeding up and play real fast. And you really never can stop and say, like, what am I doing wrong? And how do I fix it if you can't take a timeout? I know that you're really, really good about keeping the score correct. Not a lot of people I would say that about. You know, we're all sort of like, eh, zero, zero what and you know different scores but you always know what the score is well and i'll tell you this happened to you and i in a tournament where we did screw up the score and we didn't the opponents did i don't know if you remember yeah, that that's right and they didn't do it intentionally you know and i said you know it was my bad because i should have realized that the score was wrong and by the time we figured out that the score was wrong and then we sort of reconvened and figure out what it should be and we were never really sure if it should or shouldn't be you and i and it, 
I'm, this is exactly what I was saying I don't do, is it did rattle us a little bit. And it did take me like a point or two to get back into the game because I, I couldn't stop thinking about this. Is, and this is exactly what I tried not to do. But in that case, because it was a tournament, I was like, what the hell was the score? I can't remember. I can't remember. And then I got mad at myself and I remember because I'm so great about keeping the score. Usually for your team, not for the other team also. But Right. And, you know, and, and, and I think what happens in pickleball a lot is people forget if they're one or two. I think it was their position too, because they had been stacking as, you know, they were stacking. And so there's a, right. And, you know, we're, and we're busy stacking. So we're busy thinking where we're stacking and they're stacking and who's one and who's two. I mean, look, it's a lot of numbers to remember. No one will, everyone will tell you one of the hardest things in pickleball when you first start is learning how to keep score. Well, guess what? It doesn't get any easier when you're trying to play your game and you're trying to keep score. And sometimes in a tournament, that's when it's great to have a ref because it's one thing you don't have to think about. And so that's that's the nice thing about having a really good, honest ref is you can really just focus on your game and nothing else. And perhaps that's why Sue and I did really great at that tournament is I didn't have to think about the score. I didn't have to think about who was one and two. You know, it was one less thing to take off my plate and think more about strategy in a game and you know those kinds of things speaking of refs i know your favorite ref is andy from <laughs> lbi and i'm wondering what is it like to play pickleball in lbi because i hear about this and i don't have a vision of it well close your eyes and imagine so there's courts all over long beach island but the ones that i think are most popular and the ones that i play with happen to be two blocks from my house are in beach haven and i know people come from many different towns and they even come from off the island every day to play there. So imagine it's six courts in what was an outdoor hockey rink. Before COVID, we would have 70 people there in a the morning. So it was very social and only six, you know, only six courts can be used at a time. So the rest of the people are hanging out talking. And so you get to know people very well. The level of play there's really, really great. The way they set it up there, the way they used to pre-COVID, was they had two courts that were beginners, two courts that were intermediate, and two courts that were advanced. And so for each group, you had, you put your paddles in, you know, the winners and losers, and they'd pull four out from one side and four from the other and send you out as it, and that's, it was a great way to meet people. You know, you didn't come as a group and you stick as you stick with your partner. You just went in and threw your paddle in and it was the luck of the draw who you got as a partner. The nice thing was because they did it by level, you didn't have to get worried that you were going to stuck with someone who never, you know, played a game before. So you were with, let's say other intermediate players. You just didn't know who they were. Great way to meet them. Great way to play against them. That kind of thing. Super hot. It's, it's July and August in New Jersey, which is humid as all can get up. And it, But it's fun. It's how I've met tons and tons of people. It's how I fell in love with pickleball. I'm a tennis player and I got off the tennis courts and a friend of mine said, come down and play pickleball. And I said, I'm really not interested in that. And she goes, just come. And I got to the courts and all I heard was this pinging and I thought it was loud and distracting and completely uninteresting to me. And I just, I just didn't get what was going on. And then I gave it another shot Maybe I gave one more shot up there and I still just, it was just, it, to me, it was just too much going on. And then when I came down to Florida, that was sort of when I got a real lesson and learned how to play. And my husband, who was very anti-pickleball because he thought it was for old people, uh, had refused to come out and play. And I talked him into coming out one afternoon for pickles and pints. And when three old guys absolutely beat him, he said, that is it. And that's how he got hooked. And that's how you played with him too. He's also a player. He's a great partner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's. A, let me say this. Husbands and wives probably shouldn't play together. You can play with them all day long and you guys will do great. I'll, I'll, I'll find another dude. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sure there are lots of dudes that want Joni Rich as a partner. I've seen that. I mean, pickleball. Uh, not for... <laughs> Maybe not for my pickleball skills, maybe for my humor. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> A 
Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I look forward to, you know, the LBI tournament this summer. I'm sorry. I won't be seeing you. I will be climbing a mountain that weekend, but I can guarantee you guys will have a great time. It's a laid back place. It's easy. You guys are also on your off time. You're literally two blocks from the beach. Those courts are in the other direction, one block from the bay. So uh, you, you will definitely have a great time. I'm very sad I'm missing it. Oh, I am too. So, but hopefully next year, don't sign up for any endurance events. <laughs> or, or hopefully they won't change the LBI date. Well, you know? there's a lot of tournaments still this summer. So I'll be in Allentown in a few weeks and then I'll be in Clark. And then I'm thinking about doing the New Jersey Open. You'll see me here and there. I will. And you know, I'll be cheering for you and you'll be cheering for me. And so I have a question for you. Can I, I have a question for you? Okay. Because we talk about this sometimes. We talk about, when you're competing and then you're competing against your friends. And I know that's something that's really hard for you. It's hard for anybody. So what what would you give advice? What kind of advice would you give to me when you're competing in a tournament against your friends? Well, I don't think I'm the best person to give this advice because really I feel <laughs> like your friends come first, right? And I always go back to the mission statement of the Pretty Picklers, which is to have fun in an inclusive environment and work on your skills individually as a team. So, you know, as you said before, like fun and friendship is first and paramount. So I'm not, I don't really treat my friends any differently when I'm playing with them. I am also an ambassador. So I feel like I have a, an obligation to um, just make it friendly. Yeah, but I don't want you to feel like you are going to throw a match because you would feel bad. Not throw it. I just have a hard time. You know, some of the <laughs> strategies are to play the weaker player and things like that, but I have a really hard time with that. Well, I don't like to do that either. Yeah. That's not, yeah. that's not when fun I'm, to just beat up on somebody. It's not fun. And when I'm the one getting beaten up on, I don't think that's fun. Yeah. So something like that, I have a hard time doing. And, and what these people don't know because they can only hear me is, so I'm not exactly the tallest pickleball player you've ever met. So you can imagine what, what would be the mo- the ultimate yeah. shot against well, me. Don't tell anyone. A lot. <laughs> I, I listen, it's no secret. I think they would look at me and figure that out in about 10 seconds. So, you know, that's like when people do that to me all day long, it sort of gets annoying after a while. Like I get it. I'm sure. And you're going to take advantage of it. It's cute. The first time it's really great. The second time you've won a couple points. Now can we play? Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm not the right person to ask for that because I really, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just, when I'm playing with my friends, I almost feel like it's more recreational. It's hard for me to remember that it's a, uh, competition at that point well it is i mean yeah i mean social pickleball is social pickleball and tournament pickleball is tournament and it's something different you know and i think too it depends on what your goals are you know like are you trying to get to some national thing are you just trying to you know you keep busy for the weekend like you know some people just want to go for me i enter tournament first of all i laugh if there's any kind of tournament or competition i enter it as you well know and i don't enter them all to win them i enter them because when i'm watching on the sidelines i'm always pissed I wasn't in it. So now I just enter everything. I'd rather be playing than watching. But I think that's a great message here. Just enter for the experience. We have a lot of beginner players on the Pretty Picklers. And I always say, just try it once. You can enter the lowest. And then as you get better, please do play where you belong. That's a really good point that you bring up. And I say this a lot to people is even if you entered and let's say you don't win anything, you did better than the person that didn't have the guts to enter. So even when I do these events and I enter tournaments, even if I make it one round, you know what? It was pretty cool. I played in a tournament. I mean, sure, if you make it to the finals, that's super cool. And that's really great. But just being there and being part of the event, I think is really special and really cool. And there's so much to, be, to learn just from being part of the event and, and being in it. 
it's it's a win-win. You sure you didn't win, and that's you know winning's not and winning is not everything, especially in this case. But being part of an event and being able to say you went to it and and participate in it, it's a pretty cool way to spend your weekends. There's usually some good swag too, right? <laughs> well, what one would hope so. Yes, if I was in charge of swag at all tournaments, they'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I nominate you then. But really, yeah. I just want to say as we're wrapping up, I do think you're someone who inspires other women and men. And you do tend to build other people up because I see that it doesn't diminish your own greatness. It almost makes you even greater if that's possible. So I appreciate that about you. You're awfully complimentary to me. You're, I, I don't feel that way about myself, but thank you. But I think that, and, and as are you, and probably one of the most generous people I know, um, I have yet to be at your house, but I hear that you are the hostess with the mostest when people get to play over there. So I'm excited to to come and play and practice at your house from time to time. It is a drive for me. I live in Pennsylvania, but I will definitely happily make the, make the drive out there to hang and play with you guys. Oh, trust me. I can't wait. All right. Well, we just have to finish up with a quick lightning round. Okay. So, you know, just uh, humor me here. Okay, Joni. <laughs> I could have thought of a lot of things here, but I tried to tone it down. Are you keeping it clean? I am. <laughs> Do I have to keep it clean? No, I'm actually impressed oh. that this far okay. we haven't said I know. I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know the demographic of this audience enough. I didn't want to offend anybody. But <laughs> okay, if they Joni. play with me in person, we'll get All it. are off. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. All right. Joni, mixed or women's? Oh, mixed. Ten. <laughs> I love guys. You know that. <laughs> Tennis or pickleball? Oh, now it's pickleball. Yay. Lifting or climbing? Oh, lifting. Jersey Shore or Florida Keys? Oh, come on. Don't do that to me. Uh, how about Florida Keys in the winter jersey shore in the summer? <laughs> okay, that works. Tank top or t-shirt? I'm going to make you answer that. I don't even own sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Darn for all of us. Um, le leggings or skirts? Legg uh, leggings for working out, skirts for going out. <laughs> I, I know the answer to this one. Dink or drive? Oh, drive all day long. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Um, serve or receive? Oh, you know, I'm, that's a hard one. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to say receive. Okay. Beach or bay? Bay. I'm a boater. Hat or visor? Oh, hat. I've never seen you in a visor. Yeah, well, sometimes I wear a visor, but I have a big head of curls that pop out of it. I'm like a circus clown, so yeah, <laughs> try to keep them under control. All right, and lastly, recreational or tournament play? Ooh, good question. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like tournament play. All right, good. Well, I can't wait to see wait, you. I have a question for you. Oh, I have a question for you. All Do right. you get an adrenaline rush when you play a tournament? I love playing tournaments. Um, I really do. I don't get, I'm pretty low key. I don't get nervous. I don't get, I'm sort of even, I just really enjoy the experience. I don't like to lose. So when I lose, I don't love it. I don't know that I get an adrenaline. So, you know, there's probably a lesson to be learned there about losing and, you know, how, like, and I, I used to have this with my kids all the time because, you know, every time they would go out on a tennis court, you know, it's only one, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to win, you're going to lose. And so, you know, you learn how to be, you know, if you've got great sportsmanship, you learn how to be a very gracious loser, mm -hmm. right? Which, you, I mean, we all are. We're grown adults who learn how to do that. But, you know, the takeaway is even if you lose, there's always something good that happened, you know? And that's what I will say. Like, I might have lost, but I served really well that day. Or I might have lost, but I did something really well. Like, there's always, I always want to say, if you lose, you didn't, you didn't totally stink up the joint. 
you know, you probably did a couple things good and you should always focus on them because you want to walk away and say, you know, it wasn't my best day, but I did this really well. You know what it is? I love bling. So I don't care if I get gold, silver or bronze, but I want some kind of bling. Can they make me one in black? <laughs> <laughs> black flame? I don't think so. What a black um, metal. Yeah. No, but I just really, honestly, the pickleball community is amazing. And every time I go to a tournament, I meet new people. I make new friends. Like, you know, that's what I actually love. And that's the adrenaline rush for me is when I make a new friend. That's all I care I, about. I think one of the things about pickleball that's very interesting is that it encompasses a really broad base of players. So it's not like golf, which tends to be more of an elitist kind of sport. This is really, and I think part of the reason why is that it's a low cost sport to entry. So the, the entry into it's very low. The learning curve to playing is very fast. So which I think all these things sort of attribute to why it's one of the fastest growing sports. So the base of people that play is really very different than a common country club sport, let's say, like like some other ones like tennis or paddle or something like that. So like I know where we play in Beach Haven, I mean, we've got veterans that come out every day. We've got school teachers. We've got, you know, teenagers. It runs the gamut of who shows up to play. We've got old people. We've got young people, guys that are retired, guys that work all week. It's just a really interesting and varied group of people, which I think is really fun about it, is it's not a bunch of cookie cutter you know, stay-at-home moms all day. It's a little bit of everybody, which makes it really fun and interesting. And you don't have to be an amazing athlete to play pickleball. You know, you don't have to be in crazy great shape to play pickleball. You just happen to be. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're way too kind. you are. So, I mean, I think that that's the perfect way to end this podcast because that's exactly how we met at that tournament. I can't tell you if I won or lost where it was, but I do know that I met you. Well, I'll tell you what I remember of that tournament. I got there with my partner and I looked at her and I said, did we not get the memo that we're supposed to wear pink to this tournament? Because <laughs> at the moment I didn't know you or the pretty picklers, but there was a mass of you guys there and you were all in pink and getting your pictures and all this stuff. And I was like, I looked at her, I'm like, we're the only ones not in pink here. And then I looked over and you had this whole setup with like breakfast and snacks and food and table set up. And like, you know, we had like a blanket and I think I had like a coffee from Starbucks. Oh, we would have welcomed <laughs> you at our pretty pickler table. We were very impressed that you guys came so organized. I thought the next thing you were doing, start breaking out the booze. I mean, oh my gosh. Well, that happens too sometimes. Yeah, the pretty picklers are pretty good about, you know, the setups and the refreshments and all the hospitality. So. I, I like their hospitality. I know. But I did get you a navy. I got you a navy. Put her zip. Thank you very so. much. I'll, and that I, that I will wear when it's time for sleeves. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Not now. <laughs> so anyway, well, you look great. You sound great. I'm so honored that you came on the Pretty Pickler podcast. Well, I'm honored that you wanted, you, you thought my wisdom was worthy for others to listen to, but thank you very much. It definitely <laughs> is. So thank you, Joni. I'll see you at the next tournament. Looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Pretty Picklers podcast. We hope this episode inspired you to get out and play. Be sure to follow the podcast to get weekly tips that will have you feeling like the queen of the court. Check us out on Instagram at Pretty Picklers or head to our website for more ways to get involved at www.prettypicklers.com. See you on the court.